Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up, you fantasy freaks out there? It's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am James Coe. We got a full house today. MG Marcus Grant in the building. What's up, Marcus? What's going on, James Coe? Alex Gelhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, back from Wisconsin. What's going on, man? Happy to be here, as always. Another uh, exciting podcast. And, of course, our fantasy yellow jacket, the Hoff, the is Hall it, of Famer. Is it yellow or is it mustard? Yeah, Isn't know. it a gold jacket? You said yellow jacket. Maybe it's gold. You said yellow jacket. I thought yeah. bees. Jo- you you yeah. thought Georgia Tech is what you I thought. I thought bees. Yeah, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get plaid jackets for being in the Fantasy Sports Writers Hall of Fame like in uh, Caddyshack. You know actually, I was just, I, you know, you actually had me going there. That the, Rodney Dangerfield wore. You actually had me going there. Do they actually give jackets for this? Uh, the, no jackets. No, you no get, jackets. You a little plaque. No jackets. We've got the the set uh, falling apart as we speak. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that actually reminded me of an interview that Gene Okerlund did for WWF. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and the WWF oh my Lord. logo fell down behind him, and he started. Uh, They're not going to let us. Let me tell you something, me, Gene. Let me tell you something, me, Gene. I'm just worried that the rest of it falls down and Gelhar <laughs> Breaks his head. <laughs> this, this head is very solid. Uh, it is the NFL Fancy Live podcast, but of course you could always uh, catch uh, a lo- uh, great content. You could start drafting now. Mock drafts happening now. NFL.com slash fantasy. And for all the great information uh, to help you with the aforementioned draft, how about the NFL.com slash fantasy, or excuse me, it's just NFL.com slash fantasy draft kit? Just draft kit. Just draft slash kit. Draft kit. Draft NFL.com kit. slash yep. Draft kit. Draft kit. You would think that I would know that. That's right. We're a little rusty. The holiday weekend. Watched America <laughs> yeah. win the women's no, I, Oh, that was cool, USA. man. That was awesome. That was cool. USA. I noticed that James Coe is not in a sling. By uh, the I thought you were having serious. I know. I was so, so if you listen to the podcast with any regular, I said last week I was um, you know, saying that I, I had to get sh- shoulder surgery. And like winter in Game of Thrones, it is coming. <laughs> I promise you that. So that means in like so a, a month you're going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happened. So I was supposed to get uh, I was supposed to get surgery last uh, I think it was last Tuesday. Well, over the weekend I um 
I did some gardening. I, I cut my leg, and, and it got infected. Well, what did you cut your leg on? I was a branch. I was pulling some branches out of the ground. How did it, it get infected? I don't know, bud. I'm not a. This isn't the WebMD podcast. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> let's, let's get it got the story. It, it got infected. I had to take amoxicillin. My doctor took a look at it on Tuesday and was like, "Bro, I I can't give you. I can't cut you open." Your doctor calls you bro. Uh, no, but in my head. <laughs> uh, so the doc says, "Look, I can't give you. I I can't cut you open while while you have an infection." So he's like, "Look, you got to finish your course of amoxicillin." And then, uh, and then we'll we'll talk about. It. So we talked about it yesterday, and, and we got a schedule for next Tuesday, uh, barring any gardening accidents. Over right. The yeah. So, you know, don't get bit by a spider <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> Crazy stuff, yeah. man. All right, listen, let's get right into it. Uh, we're gonna do uh, mail. Uh, we're gonna do mail time, which uh, we've got some fancy new sounders for that, so it's gonna be fun. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Dallas running game. How about them Cowboys? And how about hype train or smoke screen? Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Josh Hill, guys, that we're going to be talking about. And a new segment we like to call, Can You Take Me Higher? It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we're going to be talking Alfred Morris, Frank Gore, Danny Wood. Basically, guys that are not the sexiest draft picks, but could take your fantasy team to the next level. I do enjoy that. But let's get to the top fantasy headlines for today. I love it. I feel like I'm in a 1980s newscast. It's good stuff. West, Antonio- Man- West Mantooth is going to jump in here at some <laughs> yeah. point. <laughs> Antonio Gates was suspended four games for violating the NFL policy and program for performance-enhancing substances. Listen, he was getting on in years, but even at 35 years of age, the dude had a huge year last year. 800 yards, 12 touchdowns, and get this, he was the second highest scoring tight end last year, only behind. The great Gronkowski. The name that jumps out, obviously, is Ladarius Green, 6'6", 240, athletic freak, entering his fourth year. What do we expect? Uh, Not only from Antonio Gates, but how about Ladarius Green? How excited are you guys about the Green Monster? Uh, I mean, I want to be. We've been going for a couple of years about this with Ladarius Green. It's been happening for a couple of years. Um, I mean, I... I guess I'm more excited, but I'm not rushing up. I'm not reaching up to get Ladarius Green all of a sudden. I think, if anything, it helps Keenan Allen a lot more. Okay. Uh, you know, Malcolm Floyd is back. He may see some more targets. I guess we don't have Eddie Royal to kick around anymore, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that one now. But, you know, I just have a feeling these targets are going to go somewhere else not named Ladarius Green. Yeah, no question about that. And what I fear is that Green plays well in the first four weeks. Yeah. Gates comes back. Okay. They eat into each other's targets, making both of them inconsistent. Mm. Whereas at least last year you had Gates who was scoring touchdowns like they were going out of style. Unbelievable. I mean, three touchdowns against Seattle. Come on. Keep in mind, too, that in the previous two years combined, he had 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Last year he had 12. He wasn't going to get there again. And uh, I agree with Marcus about uh, Keenan Allen, who is one of my favorite bounce-back candidates for 2015. Go Bears. Because if you look at the numbers since 2010 – Without Gates in the lineup, Phillip Rivers actually averaged more yards per completion. Uh, His explosive pass plays uh, were a bit higher as well. The touchdown passes per game, he was still over two, even without Gates. They've still got some weapons in that passing game. So I don't know that Rivers takes a huge fall here, but Green is now a draftable asset somewhere. No doubt. As a two. And you wait and see what happens with him. Exactly. 
Gilhar? I, I'm with Marcus. I think more so than anything, I'm not excited about drafting him because I'm more worried that it's just going to end in heartbreak again. <laughs> We're going to have more reason for optimism, so therefore the heartbreak is going to be that much bigger. It's like doing a long-distance relationship in college. You're like, this seems like a good idea. We've been together for so long. But it's just going to end in heartbreak. We've been hyping this green guy for, for it it's seems been a like couple years. Now. For years now. You know, he ran a quicker 40 than Antonio Brown, Calvin Benjamin, and Dwayne Willard. That is amazing. If he's so fast, end. why is he never open? <laughs> <laughs> he's not on the field. <laughs> Got the old man in front of him. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, and, and, the, and that's the other thing, man. Rivers just loves him some Gates. He just loves yeah. him. So, I mean, when he gets in trouble, he just says, hey, where's my boy Gates at? Just tosses it up. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, but uh, where, how does this impact Antonio Gates' draft value? Again, we're talking about a guy, 35 years old, but, again, was hugely productive last year. Um, obviously, it's going to take a big knock on him. Uh, but, you know, where – I guess what is a good draft price for a guy like Antonio Gates? Uh, he's now not someone that you would draft outside of the last five rounds. Um the one thing that I would do, and uh, is he draftable? Gonna, yes, this, yeah. and this yeah, is going to happen with a lot of people because the tight end possession stinks. Stinks coming into this year, it stinks. Sure, there's only two guys you can draft in the first yep. five rounds. Mm-hmm. There's probably only five guys you can draft in the first eight rounds. After that, it's a catcher's catch can because you don't really know who is going to break out. We like Zach Ertz, right? Uh, maybe Jordan Cameron, if he can ever stay healthy, Jason Witten, sort of that old reliable guy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to utilize a draft strategy with Gates, you take a lesser number one to fill in for the first four weeks, or okay. maybe you take Ladarius Green. Then you have Gates after the Chargers fourth game, you plug him into your lineup, you use him for the rest of the I, year. I almost, I almost think, and, and trust me, there's on this panel, there is not a bigger Antonio Gates fan than James Coe. I love Antonio. When did you start using the third person? <laughs> Just now, apparently. Yeah, I, I didn't realize Carl Malone had joined the podcast. <laughs> Just Carl Malone. Just, have gone to his head. <laughs> uh, Carl Malone uh, loves Antonio Gates. Uh, uh, no, actually, but by the way, props to you for uh, two WWF references in the first five minutes. Catch his cascana. I'm a big fan. Be Gene Ogerly. Yeah, I love it, man. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I'm a huge Antonio Gates fan, uh, I, and I, can, I, I would hesitate – even drafting the guy. I hesitate drafting And let me tell you why. Because roster spots are so valuable on a fantasy football team. I mean, unless you're playing one of these crazy leagues that has like 15 bench spots or whatever it might be. But bench spots are, are so, so important, especially early on. Are you really going to roster two tight ends? All right, wait. Well, let me ask you a question here. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people are going to roster two tight ends because the position is weak. This season, hoping to catch a Gotta gem. Your bets. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's going to miss three games. Mm. Tom Brady's going to miss four games. They're both draftable assets. Gates was the second best tight end. But we're talking about running backs. We're talking season. about running backs, Mike, versus tight ends. All these guys that you mentioned that could be interesting substitutes. I guarantee you, they're going to be on the waiver wire. So that for me, I, I would hesitate the drafters out there. Uh, uh, but Gates, them. Gates is still a starting and, fantasy, and he's player. he's not going to last on the waiver wire. He's going to get drafted no, yeah. in a lot of leagues. No. I, I think if you don't have if you don't have Gronk or Graham. Maybe Kelsey Olsen, maybe Martellus Bennett, Julius Thomas. I mean, well, I, we don't even know about him, Marcus. 
Right, but there are a handful of guys, if you don't get maybe those first five, maybe six guys, you're probably streaming tight ends for the rest that's of the exactly year. Right. So but that's exactly right. But that's why I'm saying a guy like Gates might not be worth a draft pick. Are you really going to wait four weeks for Antonio Gates to come back? And, Mike, you mentioned it. If he does, Ladarius Green maybe starts to cut into his playing time. It's a, it it's could a happen. draft pick that I can't really trust, and I would be hesitant uh, to advocate drafting a guy like Antonio Gates, despite my man crush on, ten, uh, on Antonio Gates and despite the fact that he was the second-highest scoring tight end last year. I think what he can represent, though, is like a security blanket. If you start, you take a shot on a higher upside guy, like maybe you're going to ride with ASJ or Josh Hill or okay. you're streaming tight ends for the first couple weeks and it isn't panning out, if you drafted Gates, right. then you've got a tight end one ready to go. And, and you're also over. doing you the same thing. you use that bench spot to pick somebody up after somebody gets injured. You're doing the same thing with Tom Brady, right? Tom, Tom Brady w- was uh, was awful the first four weeks. You know that very well. I do. And then he came <laughs> on and played. I wish he was suspended. Good. But you're, you're basically going to be doing the same thing. You're going to draft Brady, sit on him for four weeks, right. and then wait for him to come back, and then you're going to utilize him the rest of the year. Same thing goes for Antonio Gates. Yes, there is a chance that Green comes in and the targets get eaten up a little bit. Maybe uh, Gates doesn't see as uh, what he did last year, but he's still a red zone target, and he's still a prominent player at a position that is awful. Yes. I, awful. Th- those All those assessments I agree with, the only difference is that when Brady comes back, you know he's getting the rock. When Gates comes back, you don't know what kind of targets he's going to get, but we move on. Mike Evans uh, did a pretty extensive sit-down interview with the USA Today, and we learned he's a huge hero. Harry Potter fan, and he spent part of the offseason learning from his childhood idol, Randy Moss, the receiver, not the NFL Network reporter. (laughs) Can he be a top 10 receiver next year, which is what he was last year? A thousand year, a thousand fifty yards, twelve touchdowns. Does he repeat? Does he move in to the upper echelon of fantasy wide receivers? Mike, what do you think? I have him ranked in the top 10, and he just keeps moving on up for me, too. Uh, The size, uh, the red zone presence that he brings to that offense. Sure. And let's be honest, Jameis Winston has got to be an upgrade over the huge upgrade they had last year. Huge upgrade. It's got to be. So he does? I've got Evans. We just assume he has to be, right? Like, he doesn't (laughs) have to be. Well, he doesn't have to be, but you would think. I mean, we're talking about Josh yeah, McCown and Mike Lennon. I have Evans ranked number eight. I like that he got in uh, and did some work with Randy Moss, who, by the way, for people who didn't play fantasy football back in the late nineties and two thousands, oh boy, he was he was amazing. We'll just we'll just amazing. x out we'll just uh, you know well, x out his Raider years, but uh, but yes, right, sure, sure. <laughs> Although I think he had a thousand yards with the Raiders, it just wasn't very good. I know he he had missed some he time, maybe suspended, but. Um, the, the thing that I like about Evans is that he's a second-year receiver who's yeah. young. And if you look at the receptions and the yardage, yeah, there's, Solid. there's room, room for, for improvement. improvement. Yeah, there, no doubt. There really is. Wiz, what do you think? Uh, I I would hesitate to have him in the top ten. I'm, I was I didn't, hadn't seen his. Did you move him up in your latest one, Fabs, up yes. to eight? Yep. Because uh, touchdowns, even for wide receivers and for a guy as big as Evans, are fluky. You know who else Very is big fluky, and great in the red yeah. zone? Vincent Jackson. You know Very who else point? is great and big in the red zone? SJ? Austin Severian Jenkins. Okay. And uh, the fact is, like, Vincent Jackson, I think the hate has gone a little too far on him this year because he only had, what, two touchdowns last year? Yes. I was looking at all the years. Where Still 1,000 yards, though. All the years where he's played 16 ga- or like 15 or more games and been, like, a true starter, he's averaged seven touchdowns a year. Okay. So you think that's going to swing back. That could eat into it. Jameis Winston's an unknown. I love Mike Evans in that wide receiver two range. Okay. I hesitate to put him up into the wide receiver one range. Marcus Grant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Alex on this one. I just, I just have this – 
bad feeling about Mike I, Evans. I do too. I, I don't, don't know why. I, I don't know why. Okay. I can't put, right. my, put my finger on it, but just I think maybe it's the 12 touchdowns and feeling like I don't know that that happens again. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. I, I mean, that's a big number to, to have happen again. And I, I feel like, and I, I say this as somebody, I'm, I'm currently writing a little self-promotion, writing something about Keenan Allen uh, should be up on Wednesday on, on NFL.com about, you know, why he fell off from his rookie year to his sophomore year. Okay. Part of it was that his his touchdown numbers fell quite a bit. His yards right. numbers fell quite a bit. Um, and I just have this this weird feeling that we're going to have the same thing with Mike Evans. And not that it's anything about him or, or the offense. Just It's just such a hard standard to live up to again. I mean, I'm looking at – we talked about Randy Moss, and he had that – incredible rookie season the 17 touchdowns 1300 yards right I mean yes he bounced back he had four double digit touchdown seasons to to start his career in fact he had what six of his first seven but he's Randy Moss but he's Randy Moss (laughs) and I don't think Mike Evans is there quite yet I think he'll have perfectly good numbers I could see him with you know 900 yards and five or six touchdowns and that's a fine year it's just not the top 10 and I think the biggest difference too is the speed I mean, Randy Moss. Yes, he was had sticky hands. He was long. He was lean. He, you know, similar size profile, but the speed, man. I mean, Randy Moss was a blur out there. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, you know, not necessarily. Look, he's still a great athlete, a, a great wide receiver. I could easily see him uh, uh, repeating his campaign of being a top ten wide receiver this year. But uh, as you mentioned, though, man, twelve touchdowns. That's tough to do, but how about this? How about if he had eight touchdowns in like thirteen hundred yards? You'd feel per- I, if he gets the yardage, yeah. I don't, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't feel uncomfortable to with me, that. Me, he's projection. the top ten guy at the position. I mean, he even admitted it that last year he thought that the quarterbacks, uh, not not to quote Julius Randall about leaving, you know, some some meat on the bone in terms Joseph of yardage. Uh, who did I say? You said Julius. Joe, we, Joe we, Randall. We gotta, we have a, I'm thinking basketball. You've got a Laker <laughs> fan in the house, right? Yes, but. Um, that is something that I think he's going to improve on. Yeah, sixty-eight catches. I mean, that's that's not great. There's room for improvement. He, he I just see him get to eight. He had one hundred and twenty-two targets too, and only sixty-eight catches. I mean, granted, a lot of those were probably overthrows. God knows where in the dirt. Right, right, exactly. So I, I really think that there is a uh, there is a young up and coming star in Tampa Bay. I like it. Who like is it. a top ten receiver in fantasy and maybe in reality too very soon. I like it. I like it a lot. I think I think eighty five catches, thirteen hundred yards, eight or nine touchdowns. I think that's totally doable for him. And if that's the situation, we are talking about a star in the making, no doubt. All right, the Saints had a huge revamp of their offense this season. They traded Jimmy Graham. They signed C.J. Spiller. Uh, to pair with Mark Ingram, they let Kenny Stills walk. It's opening the door for guys like Brandon Cooks, Josh Hill. And total unknowns like Shontavious Jones. Who? It's a random 6'5 rookie wideout from Valdosta State. I don't even know if I'm saying Valdosta. Is it Valdosta? Valdosta? It's Valdosta. All right, Valdosta. I think it's in Georgia. It is, correct. There you go. A lot of new names that prompted Drew Brees to tell ESPN Baton Rouge that he's, quote, excited about all these guys and that some of these guys are going to be, quote, household names pretty quick. Do you buy that? Do you buy that Shontavious Jones might be a household name pretty soon? I don't know about that. I I, what I know what household Cooks. are you asking? About? <laughs> right. yeah. If you're at Shontavious's household, <laughs> household name. but Brandon Cooks will be. I, I love him. And I said I loved Cordell Patterson last year, and well, that didn't really work out very well. But you're looking at uh, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, and Drew yep. Brees throwing him the football. A lot of lost targets after Graham was traded, Steels yep. was traded. The backfield had a lot of targets that they lost as well, which is good news for C.J. Spiller. But 
Cooks is lightning fast. The only thing that can keep him from breaking out this year is if he can't stay healthy. Right. That's it. That's it. He is, to me, I have him ranked in the top 15 wide receivers, and he is one of the guys I am targeting for sure. Marcus, I kind of feel like the fantasy community has fallen out of favor with the Saints. Um, you know, I don't know if they've fallen out of favor with them. I think I think people are looking at them with caution this year because the last move... year was such heartache at every on yes. every Saints positional player. Drew Brees, Absolutely. huge disappointment. Uh, Jimmy not Mark Graham, Ingram, I loved Mark. Okay, okay aside from that's well, and I think but, I think that's where the caution comes in is that everything they've done this offseason points to them changing the way that offense works. That yeah. it's not going to be. Drew Brees throwing for five thousand yards anymore. That yeah, you, know, you know he'll put up decent numbers. He could get he could have a four thousand yard season, but he's not going to have those video game numbers we're used to seeing from him. Instead, we're going to see I think a lot more short throws. We're going to see a lot more Mark Ingram in the offense. We're going to see you know the C.J. Spiller catching the you know the passes out of the backfield sort of thing. It's not going to be Drew Brees with the you know five to seven step drop and heaving it downfield for his targets. I just don't think that's going to be as big a part of the offense anymore. I think a part of me just died. From that rant, <laughs> no, part know, of me just died. Let me let me let me bring you back. Let okay, me resurrect please, you, please. Is where I, I was more concerned at first. You know when they t- they traded Jimmy Graham and of it looked course. like the ship was getting blown up. But then I sat back and I was like, this is still Sean Payton. Yeah, this is not Brian Schottenheimer <laughs> retooling an offense. He's got a Hall of Fame quarterback. All right. He's got great talent around him still. Yeah. Marcus Colston, as we'll talk about later, still yeah. has a little left in the tank. You got Brandon Cooks, Nick Toon, the son of isn't Al Toon a Hall of Famer? Maybe not. Anyways, Jets fans really hope he was, uh, but he's not. The Nick Toon, you got, as you said, Shontavious Jones, CJ sure. Spiller. This is still an offense that's going to put up yards and points, and I think we just need to come back around to the fact that it's got a fantastic coach calling plays and a fantastic quarterback. They're going to move the ball, and they're going to put up fantasy points. I think the uh, – I wonder if the backlash from last year's disappointment – I mean, again – I you, think that's part of it. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, you know, Mark Ingram, obviously – uh, he excelled, and he he was the one guy that uh, that uh, outperformed his draft price, and everyone else uh, was was disappointed. I mean, even even a guy like Brandon Cooks, where a, a lot of guys were very excited about Brandon Cooks, and you know the injuries kind of derailed uh, a very promising start. Look, I look, I, I'll say this. I mean, I know you, I know you don't want to hear it, James, but I, I'm gonna have to quote Outcast here. Even the sun goes down. Heroes eventually die. <laughs> you know, it just it happens. Heroes eventually. Die. <laughs> hey, can we mark the podcast with that one? That that should be the tagline <laughs> for the podcast today. Heroes eventually die. Sully, can we make that happen? All right, we're, we're, know, making, yeah, we're even, making notes. Didn't Superman die at one point? Yeah, comics. Of course, yeah. Let's not dude. Get into that. Come on, of course, dude. Batman. Man. Yeah, you know, Bane. Everybody dies Bane. and comes back to life in That's comics. True. That's how yeah. they work. <laughs> That's how they get you buying more comics. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um, what should we do? Oh, we should do mail time. Should we do mail time? Let's do mail time. All right, how about we do it? Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. Mail time. Matthew Smith at Tennessee Roadkills, I think is his handle. <laughs> TN Roadkills. Uh, he asks, in a PPR keeper, just got offered a third-round pick for Gore. What do you think? I think, how do you click that yes button fast enough? I mean, good Lord, yes, make that trade, 100% for Same sure. Same here. Yeah, no, there's no there's no doubt. I mean, Gore, otherwise, is what, like a fifth-round fifth, fifth round pick? A fifth-round You're getting a third-round pick for Gore, who's a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick for this year. It's a keeper league as well. There's no way Gore's lasting until the fifth or sixth round, at least as far as I'm concerned. He's 
in a PPR league off the board in the fourth round at the at the latest. But we're talking a PPR keeper. You're you're trading up at least a round here. Right. Probably get somebody younger. I'm not saying that I wouldn't agree with this trade. Okay. I'm talking about Gore in terms of redraft. Although it's hard to answer questions like this because what what if Matthew Smith has awful awful running backs? That's true. Um and he loses Gore, and now he's even bigger trouble at, in the backfield. So it's hard to answer that with a little bit more, without a little bit more information. All right, well, here's the thing. But on paper, yeah, I agree with you. Would guys. you move to the third round? I mean, after we just talked about the Saints and their offense, move up to the third round and maybe get a guy like C.J. Spiller, who could have a breakout uh, PPR year in New Orleans. Yes. Negative. Nope. That's right. You, <laughs> nope. you don't like him. Not a fan. <laughs> but James, James makes a point there because – how how many times, guys, have we been on the Spiller bandwagon and don't do it. thrown off? Don't do it. What, what are you Violently. doing? Don't do it. He's Violently. In better, he's in a better situation now with a better quarterback he's I ever agree. had in, I his, agree. in his career. I agree. bad feeling about it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. All right, listen, we move on. Our second little question. little Star Wars. Our second <laughs> Love it. We got, we got another mail drop first. Second question on mail time here. Message for you, son. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Raider Juice, O Juice, underscore 876. Ask us on Twitter. Uh, who should I drop for Kevin White? Tevin Coleman or Keenan Allen? How do I say none of the above? I know, really? What? I would drop Kevin White for Keenan Allen, and I would probably drop him for Tevin Coleman, too. I think he's asking it the other way. He's asking which of the other two guys he should wants, he, he drop. Wants he wants Kevin, Kevin White. White. Up Kevin White. He oh, wants Kevin White. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> then I would rather have Keenan Allen and Tevin Coleman. I guess I would. I, I like would, them all. I would. I like them all. I would probably say goodbye to Tevin Coleman, uh, just because I, I still have a feeling that I think Devontae Freeman is going to be more involved than we're giving him credit for, and I think the the Falcons are going to throw the ball a lot more than we're anticipating this year. Well, considering I give Devontae Freeman zero carries, I would hope that he. Uh... <laughs> on, your, on your fictional team where you're calling the plays for exactly. the Falcons. Right, exactly. On my video game offense, I'm giving the ball to Tevin Coleman 50 times a game. Um, boy, first of all, what are you, he's got to be in like in some crazy eight-team league. Probably. Uh, Kevin, why can't be hanging out out there? Can he? I guess he can be. Apparently he, he can. That's crazy talk. I mean, I do think Keenan Allen's going to bounce back this year. I agree, but oh man, Kevin White's got unbelievable upside, though. Man, that's that's tough. Um, I have soured a little bit on Keenan Allen. I, w- I hope he can bounce back, and I think he could. But I was actually looking at it historically for Rivers and Allen all the talk today. All right, uh, Rivers, you know, been a starter for about ten years now. How many times do you think he's had a thousand yard receiver, wide receiver, or tight end? Well, Vincent How many Jackson. Times? I yeah, say, How many Vincent times? Jackson. And, and I don't. Times. And honestly, Floyd. I I don't know that I, I don't think Floyd's ever had a thousand yards. No, but Allen Allen had a thousand yards his rookie year. Right. Uh, I think I would say Vincent Jackson probably had it For once. Sure. No, I think he had more than that. Well, hold on. It's it's six in ten years. Two of them went to Gates. Uh, three to Jackson, yeah. and then one for Allen. Okay. In other years, he spreads the ball around a sure. lot. Like, sure. Rivers is great fantasy-wise, but sure. like you said, you got Malcolm Floyd's getting 800 yards. Danny Woodhead had 700 yards the last yeah. time he was right. fully healthy with them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I'm souring a little bit on the Allen because he might end up just getting put into this Stevie Johnson range, which is funny that they're teammates now, of like 1,000 yeah. yards and six touchdowns a okay. year. Mm-hmm. So I would – Consider it would it would be a very frisky move to drop Keenan Allen for Kevin White, but I, I, I would do it. And and this is coming from the Cal guy, but I mean I got you got to hold on to Tevin Coleman, man. He's got too much upside at a position that 
that it, it, you need. Uh, running, it's hard to drop a running back for a wide receiver, especially a rookie wide receiver, who's in, who's right now the number two uh, option on that offense. You know, so it's it's tough. I, I feel like I'm going to be the guy, and I, I will regret this. I know probably in November, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ride or die with Kevin White this year. I just feel like yeah, it. boy. I feel that. I just like, yeah, feel boy. It. Like rank. I like it. I do. Year. I feel it. I'm going to ride or die with Kevin White this year. Give me a projection, man. Kevin White. I you know I I can see 1,100 yards. Woo-hoo-hoo. I I 1,100 yards. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling a heels. 1,100 yards and, and I'll go. I'm feeling a heels. Seven here. touchdowns. You you're you're thinking he has DeAndre Hopkins year. I think he has DeAndre Hopkins type year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No parachute, baby. I like it. I like it. No I like parachute. it. I like it when guys get crazy on the show. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, so Raider Juice, here's the verdict, man. Uh, I. I'm going to say you drop Keenan Allen for Kevin White. I like the upside. I know Marcus Grant uh, likes Kevin White, obviously. He's going to drop Keenan Allen. Or is so it I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going Tevin Coleman. You drop Tevin Coleman I am. for Kevin White. Uh, Wiz, what do you do? Uh, I say we tell him to assign one to two to Kevin White, three to four to Tevin Coleman, five and six to Allen, and roll a die and see which one. Out of <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. All right. And, and Mike. Uh, drop somebody else. Drop somebody else. <laughs> or uh, or. You know what? Go out there with no Kevin kicker. White on the waiver wire, which doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. All right, we move on. Daniel Haas. Last I, li- mail I, I, I like this. Yes, last mail question. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Blues. Little blue show that was on ah. Nickelodeon years ago. Daniel Haas, uh, and he's got an interesting Twitter handle, Telemonian Dan. That's, that, is that some kind of comic reference? I have no idea. Do, do yeah, know? I know. Star Trek reference, maybe? I don't know. Tell, you know what? Sweet Addison, James D. Coe. Uh, let, what what is Telemonian Dan? What what is that a reference to? I like it. Uh, yeah, C.J. Anderson or Justin Forsett? Cal Bear or Cal Bear? Where do you I think? feel like you should answer this yeah, question first. Yeah, why don't you first, start? Right? Uh, look, C.J. It's hard to get away. This from is Sophie's Dan. choice for you. <laughs> <laughs> One of your Cal children. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's almost impossible to get away from C.J. Anderson. He's still in a very good offense. He he showed last year that he could ball out. Uh, I like Justin Forsett. Uh, a, a very reliable. I think he's going to be a very reliable option for Baltimore this year, but. A lot of competition there in Baltimore as well, so um, I think they're gonna. It's gonna eat into his production just a little bit. Uh, it's just a more explosive offense, and and I just liked what I saw on the field more from C.J. Anderson uh, versus Justin Forsett, but both very good players. No question, and I would agree with you. Anderson's got first round talent. Yep, I think Forsett has second round talent in PPR leagues, especially with Tressman there calling the plays for the Ravens, but. Um, Anderson's the play here. Let's just hope he's not Monte Ball. No, nah, no, I don't think not. he will. Be. I don't think yeah. he will. Be. I don't think he will. But Cal greater than Wisconsin. Okay. Yes, I went there. Yeah, Cal greater than Wisconsin. You know where James Coe went to school? <laughs> I was like, this not even, that's not even a shock. Like, <laughs> that's not even a surprise at all. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, so, a right, couple l- points in favor of CJ. Yes, please. Uh, beginning of the offseason, Gary Kubiak was uh, more so like CJ's going to have to win the job. You know, it's going to be a competition. Uh, now he's basically entering camp as a presumptive starter. Also, while Forsett was great uh, last year, I didn't I didn't believe in him at first, but he proved us all wrong. Uh, he only had six games with 80-plus yards last year. Anderson had five in the final six weeks Woo! alone. So he's got that explosive ability, like we said, and he can he can be a game-changer in that offense. With yeah, people. it's funny, too, because C.J. Anderson in the passing game was very effective. Mm-hmm. And, and as you mentioned, uh, with Kubiak um, gone and uh, Mark Tressman there in Baltimore, uh, Justin Forsett is certainly an interesting play in PPR as well. 
All right, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys running back battle. Gentlemen, running backs coach Gary Brown told the Dallas Morning News, quote, I can't say who's going to be the lead dog right now, and we're going to do what's necessary to win games, a.k.a. You fantasy nerds need to shut the hell up. Hey, hey, nerds. Offensive coordinator Scott Linehan. You are what you are, right? Hurts. Has basically yeah. said it's going to be a committee approach. And quote, I just think we have a complimentary backfield. They're going to spread out the carry. Some games are going to be different than others. Close quote. Oh, boy. Running back by committee here in Dallas behind one of the most talented offensive lines. Um Darren McFadden, Joe Randall expected to handle most of the duties, I would imagine. Joe Randall on 51 carries last year, 6.7 yards per carry, man. Uh, 23 years old, 6 feet tall, 210 pounds. How about D-Mac, though? Darren McFadden, 155 carries last year for Oakland, 534 yards. Uh, despite a patchwork offensive line, still 3.4 yards per carry. Not great, but not Awful either. Uh, 27 years old. Pretty close to awful. Okay. (laughs) Uh, 27 years old, although it feels like he's about That's the part that surprises me. I know. 6'1", 220 pounds. He's a big boy, man. Um, I guess where do we go from here? Look, it sounds like it's going to be a committee approach, but coaches are notoriously bad uh, about lying, about playing share. So <laughs> where, where do we go from here? Joe Randall, Darren McFadden, or do we believe what the coaching staff says uh, in that it'll be a committee approach? I think it is going to be a committee to a point. To what does that point, mean? Which means that Randall, who is the person I like, okay. uh, who has the upside, All right. who has the youth and the young legs and uh, is getting a lot of hype down there in Big D right sure now. Sure is. Randall is the guy that I see having – 250 carries, whereas McFadden... That doesn't sound like very much... Maybe he sees 125, somewhere in that range. Keep in mind, Darren McFadden has not played a 16-game season. I mean, he is one of the most injury-prone players in the National Football League. I mean, in the dictionary, under injury-prone players, you've got a picture of Run DMC. So, I don't know that he'll play 16 games. I don't know that he'll play 12 games. Randall is a guy who's got explosion. He had a high yards per carry average last year. Yep. You mentioned the great offensive line in front of him. Tremendous. I am going youth and upside over experience and injuries here. I'm going with Randall. You know, I think, by the way, I remember, was it last week's podcast or a recent podcast we were talking about this? Yeah. And I said, It never gets old. I me. said jokingly at the end that, you know what's going to happen? They're going to end up in a committee, and they're both going to get 150 <laughs> carries, and we're all going to be here. And then a few days later, the story yeah, comes Scott, out. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm with Fabs in that. I do think by the end of the year, Randall's going to be the guy to take over. But I do believe them when they say it's going to be a committee. Usually, when we talk about coaches putting up smoke screens, it's the so-and-so is going to be our number one guy. Right. C.J. Spiller's going to run That's until he pukes. pukes. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, it's a whole lot of Fred Jackson. Usually they don't lie. They don't lie the other way. They don't lie with, "Hey, we're gonna split our carries up," and then suddenly give 300 carries to one guy. It generally doesn't work that way. So, I I stand with what I said before that I think I think Darren McFadden starts the year as the you know the guy at top of the depth chart. But I think somewhere midway through the season, Randall takes over, and I think he gets the bulk of those carries. But I do think it's going to be split. I, I think you know Fabs is right. Maybe 200 to 250 for Randall. Maybe somewhere between 150 to 200 for uh, for McFadden. Wiz, 
Uh, you know, I just did an article for about these two guys who to draft uh, for NFL.com. You can find it at NFL.com slash fantasy. Well, self-promotion. And, uh, is that what we're doing? I mean, why not? Attaboy. <laughs> why not? Attaboy. Get up on the big stage in the podcast. I yeah, baby. Let's do bit. it. All right. Uh, and Fab's right. Joseph Randall has that explosion that you like to see. He's got that game-breaking speed. Yeah. He had like a 65-yard touchdown run against uh, the Redskins toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He had that 40-yarder um, against the, the Seahawks or the Jaguars. Um, but I was surprised. I watched every one of Darren McFadden's carries this past year. And the I think the hate has gone a little too far on Run DMC as slow and old. Like we said, we were surprised he's 27. Just 27. Bust, all these things. The poor guy, you said patchwork offensive line. That was generous. Yeah. He was getting <laughs> beat like he stole right. something in the backfield by, no, no question. by opposing defenders. And when he did actually get holes to run through, sometimes he seemed so shocked that he didn't know where to go. <laughs> and other times, his instincts would kick in that All we right. saw back in the day at Arkansas and even when right. he kind of had those couple big years in around the 2010-2011 era, and he was looking good. He doesn't have that game-breaking speed, but he has the vision and power to bowl people no over one, and finish No runs. one can argue that he's not a talented guy. He's a very talented guy. You can't really do much with the talent when you're in the trainer. Well, he played, what, he played 14 games last year. But I he mean, split carries with Maurice Jones-Drew and... Latavius Murray. He, yeah. He... Didn't see the lion's share of the carries there. It wasn't like a few years ago when he was expected to see 250 plus carries and he broke down. You know what? Like 200 over over two times, I think, or or twice. I think he's only had over 200 carries. We've talked about this before uh, on this very podcast, and I've said this. I think Joe Randall will carry the load, carry carry the mail early on. And believe it or not, I really think Darren McFadden is going to have fresher legs at the end of the year. Uh, I think he's going to, because of his light and workload early, I think he will be fresher late. I love Darren McFadden later in the year, actually, and Joe Randall early. Man, you know what Darren? this whole Darren McFadden situation reminds me of? We talked about it. How about Randy Moss leaving the Oakland Raiders? It's sometimes, man, when you find that new environment, and, and, and again, of course, a much better offensive line, a lot more talent surrounding him at the quarterback, at the wide receiver, at the tight end, a lot more talent surrounding the guy. I could see Darren McFadden actually breaking out this year, as crazy as that sounds. He's going from the Raiders to the Cowboys. There's going to be much higher expectations, and I think he's going to be rejuvenated. And he's got a fan of Jerry Jones, man. Jerry Jones absolutely loves, loves Ar- the Ar- loves Arkansas guys. <laughs> he loves Arkansas guys. And I could see, I really can see Darren McFadden uh, emerging on the back half of the season as being, uh, I-, I won't go so far as to say a top 10 running back, but a guy that you can absolutely start week in and week out. And when you're uh, the draft price for what's the draft price right now for Darren McFadden? It's pretty round, cheap. I think he's a little higher on NFL.com, but him and Randall are floating anywhere from as high as round four to as low as round ten and eleven. Yeah. On Darren sides. McFadden's going as high. I would never take Darren Randall. Randall, Randall, round four. Yeah. Okay. okay. McFadden's peaks right. probably that's, more around round that's six. That's a little okay, got it. too pricey for me, even as a Randall fan. Sure. I, have I would agree. With ranked that. as the 23rd running back, I had McFadden at the, as the 41st. Okay. There you go. All right. So there you go. That's a, a a complete breakdown, I would say, uh, of the Dallas Cowboys running back battle. Let's talk about guys who have a lot of hype into this offseason. Should we believe the hype or is it a smokescreen? Amari Cooper, he's the clear number one. He's got a quarterback with a strong arm and no conscience in Derek Carr. Amari Cooper. Hype trainer smokescreen. Marcus Grant, we'll start with a resident Oakland Raider fan. Uh, what? No, I'm wait a minute. He's a Niners. I'm fan. a Niners fan, but I have, I have, I have love in my heart for the Raiders. The guy's That's got an Oakland Raiders thing. starters jacket, man. Well, I, I did. That was a whole thing as a kid for another podcast. Okay, got it. I, I, I can't, I can't relive that heartbreak right now. Okay. Anyway, I'm on board though. I'm on board the train for Amari Cooper, and I've said, I said, hard not to be, man. I say in the short term for this one year. 
I like Kevin White better just because he doesn't have the pressure of expectation upon him there in Chicago. But over the long haul, if you're talking dynasty or keeper leagues, I love Amari Cooper. I love what, what he can do and what his his ceiling is in that Raider offense, especially because I like Derek Carr as well. I think, I think both these guys are destined to be really good players in this league for a very long time. So everything I've read... Uh, and certainly having watched some tape of him at Alabama, there's nothing that convinced me he can't be outstanding. So I am totally on board with this. Gellhar? I, I mean, you at a certain point, you wonder if it's just all lip service when you keep hearing another like hyperbolic quote like, the sky's the limit, or he's going to be a superstar, sure. blah, 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 week after week. But, I mean, from what I watched on tape when he was there and from everything we're hearing and even little bits of vines and things we're seeing – yeah. I, I mean, I think I think he's he's gonna be coming into that like wide receiver two range. Like you can draft him and be and be happy. In I think fantasy. the I, I tell you what, man. I think the only reason we're talking about Amari Cooper uh, at this point uh, being possibly a smokescreen is because he plays for the Silver and Black. And he was their their first round pick, like fourth <laughs> overall or whatever. Of course, of course, they're gonna say he's uh, you know a godsend on the football field. But I mean, again, that that the team obviously scares me because you know Raider uh, Oakland is is a place where talent goes to die, man. But Derek Carr, I think, um, is kind of reversing that trend. And, and I, I do believe he's going to have googly eyes for, for Amari Cooper. And uh, he should see plenty of targets. I, I'm going to say uh, hype train as well. Yeah, I'm on the train, too, with Cooper. His route running is impressive. He's been compared to Torrey Holt. Uh, he's going to be compared to Julio Jones. Uh, can stretch the field, beach at the vertical pass attack. He was attack. more polished than Jones, right, coming out of Alabama? Correct. So – this is this is a player who, especially after a 2014 campaign that saw so many young wide receivers go off. Yeah, I have him as a fifth round pick right now. Ooh, in a hello, league yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood of uh, low two, high three, somewhere there. Uh, and if you can get him there, I think you're going to be very happy. And what I do like is what Marcus said: Derek Carr is the quarterback there. Yeah, not one of these, you know. Curtain jerkers or mid card yeah. jobbers, as Adam Rank likes to say, uh, under center. Yeah, Carr's got upside. He's got moxie. He's got sure. confidence, and he's got a hell of an arm. So, and like I said, he's got no conscience. I like Cooper this year. <laughs> he's going to toss it 50, 60 times a game, man. He's not going to even have second thoughts about it. Keep I love in it. mind that the NFL, in terms of what younger players can do, it's evolving. It's a quicker process now. Point. It's not getting in there and learning right. you're a player for a year or two before you make an impact. Yeah. All right, Devontae Adams, speaking of a uh, young wide receiver, he's a second-year wideout for Green Bay, 6'1", 215 pounds, good athlete, man. And one of the most he's in one of the most deadly offenses in football. The only problem, he's a third option behind Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, who they re-signed to a very big deal. Uh, but, man, the quotes out of Green Bay, they cannot be more effusive in praise uh, in regards to Devontae Adams. Hype trainer smokescreen, and we'll start for with, uh, how about the whiz kid from Wisconsin? Uh, tell me, hype trainer smokescreen for Devontae Adams. I wanted to be very ca- like uh, cautious with yeah. Adams this whole offseason because, like you said, he's got those great guys ahead of him. But uh, And Mike McCarthy, he even got dinged by our Around the NFL co- colleagues for saying the same stuff about Jarrett Boykin last offseason. Right. Ready to make the leap and blah, blah, sure, blah. Sure, sure, sure. But when number 12 starts dropping praise as highly as he has about somebody like Adams, he's normally not wrong. The last person he was saying this, speaking this highly of was Randall no Cobb. Cobb. Right. He's got a $40 million contract from them. Sure. So I, I like it. I'm still worried. You know, there is worry. He could only get 600 yards and a few touchdowns in that offense. Yeah, as high powered as it is. However, 
like we've I mentioned it on this podcast a couple weeks ago, there's a chance that those three guys could all get a thousand yards and a slew of touchdowns with Rogers slinging the rock. So I love taking Adams. His ADP is you know in the later rounds, like 14 or 15. If I can get him as a fourth or fifth wide receiver, why not? Done. Yeah, yeah. you should target him as right in that area, four or Bench five. Bench player to start. Likely a five. I think the the thing that would concern me about Adams is uh, as uh, the, the the boy wonder mentioned. That would be you, Alex. <laughs> that there's a lot of targets uh, that we are didn't even be mention Eddie Lacy because Eddie Lacy's got to eat forty man. catches or something last. He's year. a guy who can catch 30, 30 or forty passes out of the backfield, and then you add Cobb and then you add Nelson. So Adams is one of those guys who, like in the first three weeks, is going to have one huge game and everyone is going to jump on right. his bandwagon. Yeah, and then for Kevin three Ogletree weeks, type game. he's going to disappear, <laughs> and How then he'll have another Kevin big game. Ogletree. There's just not enough balls to go around in that offense uh, for, for Adams to be a consistently good fantasy-wide receiver. Certainly draftable. And if anything had ever happened, God forbid, to Nelson or Cobb and they were forced right. this time, Adams would be one of the most popular players picked up off the waiver. And, and that's and that's what I would point to. You know, if you're if you're in the 13th round, uh, take Devontae Adams. Sure. Because, you know, health is not guaranteed in the NFL. It's kind of like the same situation as uh, Cody Latimer is in with Denver, right? Yeah, no question. You've got DT and you've yeah. got Sanders ahead of him, but... There's talent there. He'll put up a couple of good games, and if one of those two wide receivers should go down, boom. Huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. All right, Josh Hill. uh, Around the NFL has Saints tight end Josh Hill cracking into their top ten, making the leap players. Jimmy Graham gone. It's a team that still has Drew Brees, an offensive genius, mastermind Sean Payton. Hill entering his third season, 6'5", 250. Payton's been raving about this kid, raving about his athleticism this offseason. 38-inch vertical, 11-foot broad jump. Keep in mind, 6'5", 250, 11-foot broad. That's impressive, man. Payton said Hill is better in every category than every tight end in the draft this year. That's why they did not address that in the draft. What do we make of Josh Hill? Hype train or smoke screen? Marcus Grant. I My, my lungs, I, I, I feel them filling with smoke. It's hard, <laughs> getting hard to, to breathe. I mean, look, just because Jimmy Graham <laughs> leaves for Seattle All right. and there's a void there, I don't expect Josh Hill to just jump in and suddenly the, the you know that part of the offense is going to just keep on going without skipping a beat. You know, and I believe Josh Hill is extremely athletic and probably can make some plays in that offense, but you're going to tell me that, that he's just going to run in and all of a sudden become the superstar? I'm not buying it just yet. I think he's a guy who still has to prove himself, and certainly knowing how shallow the fantasy tight end position is, yep. I'm not rushing out to go and plug in Josh Hill expecting superstar numbers out of the guy. I just, I, I think this is a clear case of a coach really pumping up one of his guys right now. You know what he could be is like uh, a lesser Dwayne Allen because he's going to no, be so targeted cleaner. in the red zone. <laughs> he's going to be targeted in the red zone. Right, five touchdowns. Uh, and he only had 14 catches. That's what I'm saying. The yardage. That's and, what I like. The about. yardage and the receptions aren't going to be there like they were for Jimmy Graham because Graham is a vastly superior athlete. 100. percent uh, But opportunities in the red zone could lead you to potentially use Hill not as your number one tight end. I agree with Marcus there, but maybe as a streaming tight end option because a lot of people will be streaming tight ends or as a number two because. Uh, most prominently because of his access to the red zone that Drew Brees will be looking for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had 
eight or nine touchdowns this year. I just don't think the yards and the receptions oh, are so, going to be there. So he's not a lesser Dwayne Allen. He's, he's Scott Chandler. <laughs> that may Scott, be, he's Scott Chandler. He, he could be uh, a better Scott Chandler. <laughs> an, How about up, that? an upgraded Scott Chandler. Right. Yeah. He's a rich man Scott Chandler. Is that <laughs> no, look, I, you know, I, I like Josh Hill. I, I like the opportunity. It, like you said, five touchdowns on, what, 14 catches or something? Yeah, I, I mean, so, so, so clearly Drew Brees uh, – the offense at least is looking for him. Right. I mean, they've got some plays designed where he can make opportunities in the red zone. So I like that. I like that about him. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, tight end, Fabs, you've mentioned a million times, man, the tight end position this year, outside of the top four or five guys, it's an absolute train wreck because yeah. anybody, any one of these guys, any any number of guys could break out. And, and to me, if you're waiting on, on tight end, as you should be if you miss out on the top four or five guys, just wait. Just wait till the 14th, 15th round. See who else is there. If Josh Hill is there in the 14th round, 13th round, heck, if you want to reach for him in the 12th, uh, by all means. Can I, I like him in the 12th. Can I give you one quick uh, stat before we go to, to Alex Please. here? I wrote a column today that you can find uh, on the website. Over uh, overall uh, of the top ten tight ends last year, based on fantasy points, yeah, half of them were drafted after the twelfth round, there after you go. the eleventh yeah. round. There you go, twelve to fifteen, numbers eleven to twenty. Uh, you saw most of those guys picked up off the waiver wire. That's right, or not, or drafted in the fifteenth round. Yes, so that's what you're looking at. It's it's very very ugly, and hopefully Zach Ertz can break out like we've all predicted him to do, or Travis Kelsey, but. If they don't, tight end's going to be like the new kicker. Yeah. You're just going to wait. I agree. I, I And that's what I'm saying. John, it, look. Well, real quick, like what you're saying, the late rounds, guys that are going ahead of them on NFL.com right now, Eric Ebron, Larry Donnell, Kyle Rudolph, Heath, Heath Miller. I'd rather take a chance on the younger, more athletic uh, Hill than any of those guys. In a, in a good offense. Uh, in a I, good I offense. Lo- look, I love Eric Ebron. I, I, you know, uh, he's a athletic He didn't go to Cal. Freak. No, he did not. <laughs> but he's a freak, and he's got a strong arm quarterback in Matt Stafford as well. But he's got competition there. I don't know if Josh Hill has a lot of competition. Who's he battling right now for that tight end? Come part? on, man, Ben Watson. He's got good things to say about you. Negative. No. Ben Watson's a blocking tight end. That's just about it. So I, Ben Watson sniffed a little bit of fantasy value <laughs> earlier. One one in last his thing. Career. Uh, if. Um, Hill was – he is athletic. We don't want to discount that. But if he was as great as Jimmy Graham is, Drew Brees would have not posted a son, a picture of his son crying in a Jimmy Graham jersey. <laughs> it would have been with a thumbs up in a Josh Hill That's jersey. Right. So oh, we know right. there's going to be no, a step right. down, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. potential. I, I think um, I think 800 yards is probably his ceiling. 800 yards and, and I, I want to say eight eight touchdowns. How about yeah, 800? I wouldn't be surprised if he had more touchdowns than, than like the yardage thing. Right. Like eight or nine touchdowns and six, yeah, seven, I mean, six, 700 yards. I'd be projecting him more for like five or 600 yards somewhere in that area. How about this? New segment. Can you take me higher? As long as they're singing it and you're not, Co. <laughs> yeah, so you should have let Can Sully do the numbers. Oh We've got glass in here that's shattering. No. Look, I'm this a- is a damn good. You know who is in this band? Ted Nugent, okay, who we all love, even though he's a psycho. Total psycho. Tommy enough. Shaw from Sticks, Jack Blades from Night Ranger. Okay, you remember him? No, Night Ranger sounds like an awesome uh, I'm just comic character. Michael Cardalone from uh, he's, I think he's in Leonard Skinner now. Who are four people who've never been in my kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> we should start our own fantasy live hair metal band and Coke can bring that false. I'm the lead. The uh, oh, my I'm, goodness. I'm 100% gracious. the lead. 
There's no no question about that. <laughs> look, He's I got am the ego for it. First of all, I, look, you take me into a karaoke, okay? I will we're I will gonna, destroy. I if you like go into gonna, the karaoke, I am leaving. I when are we destroy. doing our karaoke in K Town? By the way, yeah. that's what we're doing. Okay, so we're gonna pull the curtain back. I I promised the fantasy team that uh, that I would take uh, all expenses paid on me. I'm gonna take the fantasy team out. Uh, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do K Town right. We're we're in Culver City. K Town's just a hop, skip, and a jump away. We're gonna do a little Korean barbecue. And then we uh, may have some for we may have some soju. I'm down with that. Okay, All right. a little soju, a little I'm, Korean I'm, barbecue. I'm down with that. And karaoke to cap the night off. I don't know when we're going to do it because, like I said, uh, my shoulders like winter in Game of Thrones. It is coming. And you have a small child yeah, that yeah, takes yeah. you. Time as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little baby. I don't know Co. if Baby Co is ready for the main stage yet at she, a karaoke bar. You know what's so funny though? She loves to sing. All right. Well, she maybe loves. We'll, maybe she's we'll about, bring her out. Yeah, maybe. bring it, Riley Curry. <laughs> 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 All right. Can you take me higher? It's a little segment we got a new one. It's basically you know not very high profile. How about this? Unsexy fantasy guys uh, that produced. Work? Sure, why not? Yeah. That produced last uh, last year, uh, they weren't necessarily game breakers, but can you trust them this year? Are, are these guys that can take your fantasy team, uh, provide you stability, and take you to the next level? Uh, we'll start with Alfred Morris, the much maligned Freddie Morris. Probably the king of the unsexy fantasy I know, man. Uh, you know, and I don't know why. When I see him run, I see a lot of talent there. He had almost uh, 1,100 rushing yards last year, 1075. He had eight touchdowns, which was uh, a boost for him. Uh, what do we think of Alfred Morris? Can, can, can he be a, a stable presence in, in your running back core? Sure, except it's not about him. It's about the it's not about the coaches around him. I mean, he's like the he's the guy from Varsity Blues where he oh runs God, it all yes. the way down to the five or the, you know the three yard line, and then they take him out and somebody else scores the touchdown. I mean, my Christmas wish list last year included getting Alfred Morris goal line carries. <laughs> you know, so it's not about Alfred Morris. He right. can totally be that guy if they decide they want to give him the ball down near the goal line because yardage wise he's fine. Right, he just doesn't get in the end zone. Yeah, uh, D- Darrell Young. He's on everyone's Roy Hallou. hate list. Well, at least, at least Roy Hallou is in, it's gone now. Uh, is in, in Oakland gone. now. Yeah. Now you're, now but, you're a little but, you worried know, about it's Matt, Matt Jones now who uh, could be the new Roy Hallou. Oh, my God. But, I mean, he's honestly, a bigger back, so. Morris has been a top 15 back every year that he's right. played in the right. NFL. Had that huge rookie year where he was in the top five. Uh, not going to be there again, but he's a fine RB, too. I think what happens is that people – look at the negative, they forget yep. about the positive right. sometimes with Alfred Morris, and they remember that he lost goal line carries here and there. But at the end of the day, the numbers show that he is exactly what he is. He is right. a good RB2. He's a mid-level RB2. He's going to come off the board in one of the first five rounds. He's not the sexiest player in the world, as we safe, all mentioned. Though. But he's safe, and he is a guy who's going to produce for you, especially against the Cowboys. I know this personally. <laughs> Cowboys, but he loves he to crushes. run all over the Cowboys. That's true. But Morris isn't going to break your fantasy team at all. It's not going to make it a championship contender, but it's not going to hurt it either. Right. Mm. He's the kind of fantasy player you can bring home to mom for Christmas. There you go. That's exactly it. it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Frank Gore, 1,100 rushing yards last year, despite the uh, you know the, the the demise that was on the wall for Frank Gore. 32 years old. Uh, not a lot of touchdowns last year. Four touchdowns, but he's in a much much better offense this year. Expected to, at least early on, be the lead dunk for Indianapolis uh, and Andrew Luck there. What, what do we expect from Frank Gore? Can he take you higher? Yes. Uh, I, and you guys know this. I don't love running backs who are 30 and over. No. I don't. There's a couple of them I really like this year. One of them is Adrian Peterson. The yep. other one 
is Frank Gore. Did okay. you know that Gore ran against eight or more defenders a league high 76 times last That's year? That's amazing. You know what's going to happen if teams do that to Andrew Luck? He's going to slice them up. Philip Dorsett can't do it. Running streaks on the side. I don't buy into Dan Heron being a, a, a threat for Gore. Gore is going to handle the mail as much as he possibly can. Okay. Maybe up to 285 carries this year. Oh. He's going to see the goal line work. Ahmad Bradshaw's out of the picture. I think Gore's a high RB two. Interesting. I can't see him carrying that workload, man. That's a big workload. Dude, every year, we've been saying it for three years. <laughs> He's this the Terminator. Is the this that's, is the year. That's why he is, the Terminator. is the inconvenient truth. Exactly. Every year, we try to write him off. I got burned by Gore years ago, and I was like, I'm not going to draft you, and then he went and got 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. I'm like, I'm not going to draft you, Frank Gore. And you know what he did the next like three years after that? He got 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Okay. So you put him in this Colts offense, like Fab said, I think he's another one of those guys that you're not going to get a lot of oohs or ahs if you draft Frank Gore in the fourth or fifth round of your fantasy draft, but you're going to get a lot of 10 to 15-point weeks, uh, and that's going to be great for your team. Keep this in mind. Ahmad Bradshaw, who's broken down and injury-prone, was a very solid fantasy running back before he was injured. and A top-10 guy. Let's be honest. Boom Heron had his share of really good games for the Colts and for fantasy owners. Imagine what Gore can do. Same offense. I'm worried that Gore will break down. I see. I, I, I just. I knew you were going to say that, or someone was going to say that. And I look, and really, over the course of his career, the guy's been healthy. I mean, his worst year was, I agree. was 2010. He played 11 games. He has played 16 games each of the last four seasons. This guy. He's going to outlive us all. You know this, right? <laughs> Frank Gore is going to outlive all. <laughs> it's going to be him and Brett Favre just playing NFL football. Basically, yes, on you know on Great. Brett's big old ranch. You know, that'll it. be it. They're both going to be driving tractors, though, and throwing each other the football. <laughs> That's it. That. That's it. I love it, man. All right, how about Danny Woodhead? Not a lot of fanfare with Danny Woodhead, but obviously suffered a, a catastrophic injury last year, but went healthy. 16 games with the Chargers two years ago. 76 receptions. 76. 600 yards, six touchdowns. He had a 1,000. Thousand total yards and eight total touchdowns uh, two years ago. Uh, what do we make of Danny Woodhead? I'll start this one off because I was the one that put him on the rundown for this. Uh, Danny Woodhead's one of those people that is easy to overlook because he's not getting the highlight plays. He's not getting all the touches. He's. I feel like player. I feel like that deserved a rim shot. However, Danny Woodhead <laughs> oh, is easy oh, to overlook. Yeah, he is. Five uh, five. However, uh, three of the last four hey, years. No, no shots at the short guys. You're not exactly Kareem yourself. <laughs> Uh, three of the last four years, Woodhead's been a top 25 fantasy back in standard scoring, not even PPR. Wow. So that's why he's, when we're talking about, you know, maybe he can't take you higher, but when we're talking about those unsexy stars that can be a weekly contributor, yeah. Danny Woodhead as a flex or if, you know, a bi-week guy as your RB3 can have a lot of value when he gets back into that offense. I mean, Melvin Gordon's there and is going to be the, the early down bell cow, but they love Danny Woodhead, and he's a fantastic football player. So he's he's PFT commenter's favorite football of player. Of course, so he's, he's a road grader. He's a road grader, lunch pail. Uh, <laughs> he's a lunch pail road grader guy. Uh, coming in and punching the clock, but he's going to put up some, some numbers and some fantasy points. Yeah, the reason, and I look at his totals, and his totals are always pretty good. Yeah. The hard thing for me is figuring out when do you start Danny Woodhead. Like, when and where do you put him into your lineup? That's my problem. Because, I mean, if, if he gets you a touchdown or two, then it was certainly worth it. But then if he doesn't get you a touchdown, you're left, you know, looking at about 45 yards. Right. You know, it's like 37 scrimmage yards, which doesn't do <laughs> so you a whole lot. So he's like the running back version of Eddie Royal. 
Yeah, basically. So, I mean, if hey, you find him in the right week, yeah, he probably is. Eddie Royal scores five touchdowns in the first three weeks. And then you never hear from him again. So, yeah, Kevin White owners, keep him on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Let Eddie Royal get his touchdowns out of the way, then put him in. So, I mean, I, I do like you – know, you like what Danny Woodhead eventually gets to. It's just the heartache of trying to figure out when he's going to get you those numbers. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a different situation for Danny Woodhead this year. You know, he's got a clear lead guy. Uh, in Melvin Gordon there. I, all those years that he's put up all of those aggregate stats, I can't I can't remember one backfield that had clarity in it. Well, he had the Ryan Matthews ahead of him. Again, I year. can't think of one backfield <laughs> that had clarity in it. Um, it it's just not – he's always been in a situation where there hasn't been that much running back talent, um, it, which opens the door for a, a very versatile guy like Danny Woodhead to kind of run into the slot, to take, steal a couple carries here and there. I just think this year's going to be the year where it all catches up to him. And, and, and oh, by the way, he's coming back from a pretty catastrophic injury as well. So um, I, I would I would not recommend Danny Woodhead. I, I can't even see – I can't even recommend drafting the guy, uh, although I'm sure the, my other panelists here would say 12th, 13th round, you know, maybe take a flyer on him. I, I, it makes you, it makes you wonder how the Jets cut him. Makes no sense. Like four that, or five yeah, years year ago, cut, to, and then he went to New England, and he put up top twenty-five. You numbers. answered your own question when you said Jets. <laughs> Jets, so. yes. So not that high on Danny Woodhead, but we move on. Vincent Jackson, a thousand yards last year. He's thirty-two years old, but still a big target. Great hands. He's still got okay speed. He's got a much better quarterback. What do we make of Vincent Jackson? We keep throwing out that much better for a guy that's never played a snap in the NFL. As someone yeah. who owned Vincent Jackson in one of my 7,000 leagues last okay. year, let me tell you that You're very over few players gave me bigger headaches. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, right. he, he would give you like nine yards and a touchdown, which is not very many fantasy points. No. I mean, if it wasn't for the touchdown, he had given you a stinker, right? Uh, a bigger stinker. With that being said, I think – uh, Dirk Cutter is going to want to utilize him a little bit more in the slot. Mike Evans is going to be the clear go-to guy there. I have Jackson right there at the low two, high three, and I'd prefer him as a high three in that offense. I don't want any part of Vincent Jackson yeah, I mean, because I've I've had those same headaches that Fabs has had. I mean, if you like roller coasters, then Vincent Jackson is the guy for yep. you because he's up one week, then he's down for a couple of weeks, then he'll have you know a two-touchdown week after that. It's just – He's another. He's a guy who really is the epitome of of you know. You look at the numbers, and the numbers themselves are misleading because it's how he gets those numbers. And I know our guy franchise uh, Matt Franciscovich kind of wrote about this recently. All right, guys whose numbers don't necessarily add up to what they produce, and I think Vincent Jackson may be the chief of those guys. Where you know you look at his numbers a couple years ago in 2013, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, but. He was so up and down all year. Right. It was just hard to predict him. He had a 250-yard game or, or something around there uh, in that 1,200-yard campaign, too. So, no, you're right. It's it's one week he can absolutely be a game-breaker, and another week a stinker, as Michael Fabiano would say. Yes. Uh, what does the Wiz think about uh, Vincent Jackson here? I think the hate has gone a little too far, as I said earlier in the show, yep. on Vincent Jackson. I think he can still be a proven contributor, and people might start keying in on Mike Evans a little more, and a savvy vet like Vincent Jackson is going to be able to get open and still produce. Uh, I'm with Fabs. I'd rather have him in that wide receiver three range. Right now is ADP, uh, speaking of the hate going too far on NFL.com. Yeah. Where's he going? Is round 11. Whoa! So... Uh, you Heck, can definitely take him. Round eleven, that. <laughs> I could take him as a four. Yeah, I, I I like him in round. I I like him in round. You know, eleven, twelve. I, here's the thing. I, I'm so I'm so biased towards younger players 
that a guy who's 32 years old and, and we've seen up and down production uh, throughout his entire career, it's hard for me to get on board, which is why I, I probably would peg him down there at, at round 11 or 12, only because in rounds uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, I'm probably taking upside guys. Um, Vincent Jackson, you're right. I, I mean, look, he's gonna—he's 32 years old. I, again, in my opinion, I think he's got a much better quarterback, and Dirk Cutter's going to be in a much more quick-hitting offense. He, he's going to pose a problem uh, in the red zone. I guarantee it because they don't have very much of a running game. And Vincent Jackson down there, he's, he's going to be a load for somebody, man. So, look, I think 800 yards, eight touchdowns, totally doable. It's just he's a good flex, not a great wide receiver. Yeah, Alex, Vincent Jackson could easily be my Frank Gore, the guy that I I pass on. (laughs) The guy I pass on and he just puts up. I regret it. If Frank Gore's (laughs) listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) He's sorry I didn't trap you. How about Roddy White? Talk about aging wide receivers here, 33 years old. He's battled injuries all last year, 900 yards, eight touchdowns, though. He was was all right. Uh, Roddy White, is he uh, a contributor that uh, will – Continue to produce unsexy, but you know, steady numbers next year. I think so. Um, I was one who kind of nominated him for this list simply because I was looking up some other things, and I happened to come across Roddy White's numbers last from last season, and looked at them, realized they weren't as bad as I thought they were. I mean, nine twenty-one and seven touchdowns. I mean, he's not he's not a wide receiver one anymore. I think those days are pretty much past with Julio Jones being there and, and just being a super stud, but. I think the Falcons are probably going to put the ball in the air a little bit more this year. I think Matt Ryan is, I mean, we kind of know who he is, but he's not a bad quarterback. He spreads the ball around well. And I think Roddy White is a guy who you can count on for, again, 900 yards, maybe creeps up on 1,000 yards, gets you, you know, six to eight touchdowns. That's not, those aren't bad numbers for, you know, a second or third wide receiver on your roster. And I think Roddy White can still be that guy. He's he's in the Vincent Jackson category. Yeah, they're like really right is. together there. From a fantasy perspective, Guys who were once number ones who slid into the number two mm-hmm. tier, and now you're looking at them as threes. Yeah, I'm, I, I think Roddy has a little more PPR appeal, but still three, uh, and, and probably drafted pretty seventh, low. eighth round somewhere round around there. twelve right now. Is yeah, I was gonna oh, say. Man. Yeah, I wow. to, seven. Like I said, seven, lot. eight, nine. Man, savvy drafters are taking upside guys. The the problem with Vincent Jackson and Roddy White, they don't provide you any upside. What's the upside to Roddy White? I mean, really, seven touchdowns isn't upside. Not. I the, mean, the upside wh- is that he plays a full season, and gets, <laughs> right, gets thirteen hundred I mean, yards and ten touchdowns again. But who? Uh, uh, really? Yeah. Really. In that offense. 1,300 and, and what? Eight? And t- I said that's the upside. That, that could happen. Guys like Reggie Wayne posted out insane numbers with a good quarterback when he was older. Man. He's also got Julio Jones eating up all the double coverage in the world opposite him. But also all the targets as well. He's, st- he's still at 125 targets last year. That's a, not bad. A busted up Roddy White day. Yeah, yeah he was very injured uh, last year, no question. He battled through it, too. He was tough. Plus, he's been kind enough in the past to tell us if he's injured to not <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if, if I don't practice, I'm not That's playing. That's got to count for something. It does. I, I do also appreciate keep, that. You know, also keep in mind, too, that he missed a couple of games last year. He was banged up for a little bit. Yep. And, um, I mean, he's, he's 33 years old, so he's not ancient. I mean, he's not at that Reggie Wayne age where it was ready, mm-hmm. uh, where he, he was ready to physically break down. And he's in a good offense that's going to score a lot of points. I would not be shocked if he had 80,007 touchdowns. That puts him right in the number three yeah. conversation. Yeah. He's a, that's an excellent flex. There's no question about it. All right, we move on. Marcus Colston, 32 years old. He's seen a decline in targets, reception, and yards for three consecutive seasons. 
900 yards, five touchdowns last year. Uh, do we believe in Marcus Colston as a guy who can be a regular, uh, steady fantasy contributor? I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> the third wide receiver, who used to be a one, slid <laughs> to a two, and is now more of a three. And all in the NFC South. Yeah, they're, they're all in the go. same there division. You go right there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I see Colson as a three, uh, honestly, or maybe if you're like me and you like to go running backs and wide receivers uh, predominantly in the first eight rounds, maybe you can get him as a, as a high four. But the same goes for Colson as goes for Cooks, right? The targets are going to be there. Uh, unless Bree starts throwing at these no-name young guys that, that we talked about a little bit earlier on, Colson, to me, at least going into training camp, okay. is going to be... Breeze's most trusted option. He's played a long time with Marcus Colson. They've made beautiful, beautiful fantasy music together. <laughs> and until Brandon Cooks right. makes that next step, which I think he, he will make that leap this year. Oh, yeah, no question. Colson's going to see some targets. Now, I would be on the safe side with him. And again, I draft him as a three or a four somewhere in that area. But there are going to be weeks when Marcus Colson has some pretty good numbers. He's probably... Probably the best red zone target that Breeze has right now in that offense. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. O- other than handing the ball off to uh, sure. To well, of course. Um, uh, well, how about this? No, go ahead. So, like, just just play along with me here. Because when Marcus Colston came in the league, I mean, he's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. He was a tight end. He was a tight end. He was a tight end. And I mean, since we all know that time is a flat circle, um, <laughs> what are the chances it comes back around and, and maybe he doesn't regularly line up at tight end, but maybe oh, the Saints go with a two tight end set with right, Josh Hill right, and Marcus Colston, right. and he starts to be that big red zone target again that Jimmy Graham was when he man, was. Man, I, like I said, I like it when you guys start talking crazy. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Hey, you know, you put a little T-E next to his name instead of the W-R, and all of a sudden the guy becomes I know, right? a, a, a huge asset. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, man. I, again, we talk about upside. I, I draft on upside considerably, uh, and to a fault, I, I fully admit. But Marcus Colston, again, we've seen a decline in targets, receptions, and yards for three consecutive seasons. I see that trend continuing. You know, I don't think 900 – look, five touchdowns for him would be an absolute miracle. I don't see him getting even – I see him maybe getting three touchdowns total all year. That's a guy that's going to be sitting on the waiver wire, man. And, no way. And if you oh, are – I think he might. If three? you are – Three. 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 Losing Colston uh, – I'm sorry, losing Graham. Yep. Losing Stills. I I no. I just think because they're very bad feeling about this. <laughs> you know I what I'm saying? I think 900 I think I think 900 is fine. I think three touchdowns. How about we wager a lunch? Woo! Sure, I'll do it. What do you what do you want so, to do? Over I, under 3? I, I mean, jeez. Take it. Take it. Take, I, uh, take the money are you and kidding run. Me? I Let's can't even it. I can't even get it out. I want to say something. <laughs> I could see him scoring 7 this year. I really could. I we'll we'll All set right. the we'll we'll set it at three and a half. All right. So is there any your... limit on what kind of lunch? It's a, let's <laughs> go with a sandwich. Let's, How about or we'll, a euro? We'll, we'll go within so, walking distance good. of Culver. How about that? I could walk for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll we'll set it at three and a half. You'll take the over on that. I'll take the under. Yes. Let's do it. All right. I like it. I think Marcus Colson his, his, his again the the. Zero I've, upside. I feel lower on him than the other two guys we just discussed, but I think you're going a little too low. You get, you're hating a little heavy on Marcus <laughs> Colston. What do you, and CJ Spiller? What did the Saints do to you that's this right. season? Yeah, that's right. Forget the Saints, man. No, I don't know. I, no, <laughs> right. no, I like to say, I, but I, I'm intrigued by their younger guys a little bit. You know, can I can I say that? First of all, I, I think Mark uh, Mark Ingram will be a, a good play. Um, you know, again, I. Nick Toon, these guys, Shontavious Jones. I don't know. 
I, I, I tend to believe Drew Brees a little bit. Maybe he is going to make household names of some of these random guys. I don't know. Uh, all I know is that I'm not drafting Marcus Colson. I just know that. Sure. That much I do know. I think we should probably get out of here. All right, fine. Let's We've go. been rambling for a while. Yeah, that's fine. Talking. We have. All right, here we go. All right, for Marcus Grant, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, and the Fantasy Hall of Famer, I'm James Cole. We're out of here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.